traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah. Hello. Still got all kinds of Halloween candy all over the place. That's always nice. November. We're into November. November 2nd now. Uh, what the hell happened to Mayor Adams? Ewick, what did he do? Something weird. Something weird. I told you he's a weirdo, right? Jersey boy. Um, you know, doesn't know what he's doing. Doesn't know anything. Um, at, at, at his heart, he's a real racist. Hates white people. Hates Jewish people. He's just a bad guy all around. Doesn't know how to do anything. And uh, he was supposed to have a meeting with, with Joe Biden, and he storms out of the place. <laughs> he just left before the meeting. Now, James Flippin has been following this. Uh, I, it's going to turn out to be something really – all right, you have, you're a Democrat. You're having a meeting with the president, and you got the situation going on. It's kind of a big deal in political circles, right? It's, even if it's Joe, even if it's just a figurehead. So he leaves – before the meeting, runs out of the White House, runs to the airport. Who knows where he is now? And uh, I think it's a couple of things going on. Okay, number one, um, he could have just been indicted. All right, that's that's very likely, uh, but probably not. Let's see here. Um, it could be something really stupid, you know, like he, I don't know, like a problem with a girlfriend or his dog died. Something, you know, and I, I had a dog. I love dogs, but you don't cancel a president if your dog died. It's going to be something very stupid. Uh, or it's going to be something criminal. All right. That's, uh, that's what I predict. Cause we have heard of nothing in the, you know, it wasn't like a cop was shot or anything like that. And you would come back to New York. You know, there wasn't like we have a big emergency here where you would come back to New York right away. James Flippin just walked in the room. Hey, uh, what's up, Greg? <laughs> what's up, James? <laughs> You don't like that when I said a What's up? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound like there's anything important on your mind. Then again, Eric Adams is not important. Uh, that's what you've told me many a time. Exactly. I'm exactly. trying to learn from my past interactions. He's only here for amusement purposes because he's really not doing anything other than wearing the suits and running around being incompetent. All right. So what happened? All right. It is kind of funny. So basically this morning... We saw on Mayor Adams' social media, he posted a video, kind of in hushed tones, where he said, hey, I'm getting ready to meet with the White House today, going to talk about the migrant crisis. This is very important to New York. And he was on a plane, right? Correct. And this is half the fun for him, getting to be on a plane. I really feel like he's like, he really likes sitting on the plane. You know, when you were nine years old, you kind of like to go for a plane ride, right? He's still like a nine-year-old. He's still like really like I get to travel. I love it. All right, so he, so do we have that message. Do we have it? Uh, we I'll can, get it for you. I'll we get, can it. get so the what, audio, so but it's not great happened. audio. I have to say that much. What? So then it was sometime around maybe nine thirty something around there where word came down that Mayor Adams had canceled the trip, postponed it. Now 
it's not immediately clear if he made it all the way down to D.C. and then came back. Stop everything. I knew it was something uh, criminal here. Let's see here. You're you're getting to what I was going to get into next. The FBI has just raided the home of New York City Mayor Eric Adams' fundraising chief. Uh, Brianna Suggs. Brianna Suggs. The raid of the home of Brianna Suggs, a consultant with close ties to the mayor, came as Mr. Adams canceled a series. I knew it. Did I know it or what? I didn't say. I knew it. I just knew it intuitively because I know this guy. His whole world is crumbling down because I do believe he's got major ethical issues. Uh, probably, uh, you know, it's going to turn out that he's, look, he lived in New Jersey when he's running for mayor. All right. He did. He lied to everybody about that apartment. He is a liar. What, and this Brianna Suggs is like his sister. They are tight. They are very tight. And she's controversial because everybody's like, uh, she has no business working at City Hall at this level. What the hell's going on here? Didn't they live together at one point? Uh, I'm not familiar with that aspect of it. Maybe that's true, but I just know that she's being reported as a campaign associate, a campaign consultant of some kind. Dum, 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 dum. Now, (laughs) it's kind of funny, man, right? I mean, if everything was fine with Eric, wow, that's a shame. I wonder what she did. I hope everything's okay. You know, I'd just say, hey, Buyana, get a good lawyer and uh, I'll be with the president. I mean, right? You would think, yeah. I mean, it, he's I, going down, 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 down. I think he's going down. I didn't know you were a Springsteen fan. I'm not actually. Oh, oh. I know. Is that a Springsteen song? <laughs> yeah, I Forget so. I said it. <laughs> um, wow. All right. Is there anything else? Let me. I'm going to find out a little well, bit more. The, the, so when we first heard that he had canceled the meeting down in D.C., we naturally reached out to some of the people in City Hall that we, you know, uh, reach out to for comment, and we haven't heard back from them yet. But there was a separate City Hall spokesperson reported in the New York Post who said that there was a matter of some kind <laughs> that Adams had to attend to. So I said, is, is, is Mayor Adams okay? Is there a health issue of some kind? You know, is this related to the city in some way? But that was, again, around 10 o'clock. I sent that email. We haven't heard back from the city yet. Dum, 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 a matter. That's a... That's not a good word. That's not a good word. It could be a loaded term for sure. I that think. means he's in some sort of big trouble. And who'd have thunk it? All right, here's this silly video he made, and he's all excited about, we are headed to Washington to meet. I'm the mayor. I'm going to meet with I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. Remember all that stuff? Let me see here. I'm going to get it for you guys. One, two, three. One, two, three. Wow. Couldn't it be happening to a nicer guy, huh? I'm sorry. I mean, New York... Look, I warn you guys. I warned everybody. New York Post fell for his crap. A lot of people like, oh, he's, he's, wow, what a fine looking man. And he's saying the right thing about policing. He's saying that police are the good guys and, 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 uh, the criminals are the bad guys. That is. Fourth graders know that. To be fair, though. And he was faking it, by the way. He actually doesn't believe that. He doesn't, he actually does not believe that. But amongst the Democrats, was there a candidate that you would have preferred? Absolutely. Anybody. Anybody. Over Adams, really? Totally. Even that Maya Wiley I was going to say, yeah, Maya Wiley. Anybody. Anybody else. Anybody. Is um, that potentially in connection to some of the stuff that may or may not be happening right now, like things about his background that you always questioned or just like? Yeah, I was right there in plain sight. Anybody could do it. Anybody could see. But they wouldn't. You know what? And you know what they did during the campaign, right? They wouldn't do it. The reporters would not subject this guy to the scrutiny he richly deserved because 
he's black. And that's it, baby. That's it. That is it. Now, they picked on Andrew Yang. Why? Because he's Asian. Not, they felt not very safe into it. Not very, as protected a class. Now, all of these guys have issues to, you know, screw around with, right? No, 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 Eric, uh, what's his name? Wang, uh, what, what was his name again? Yang. Yang. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem to know New York. He was all kind of out of touch. Yeah, you know what like I mean? Westchester County. Right. And he wasn't a billionaire, which everybody kind of thought he was, and he kind of conveyed, but he really wasn't. Uh, but it's what they choose to. Like, they, they chose to give him a hard time because they had, they felt the green light. We're going to pick on the Asian guy because that's okay. And by the way, it's not cool to pick on anybody based on their skin color or based on their ethnicity or based on anything. But the wokest, coolest, hippest, youngest reporter, what do they call it? Hipster racism. It's hipster racism. All right. So uh I, I, I told everybody. But then again, you know, only like 80 people voted for this guy. You know, it was very small, very small. It was June of 2021, last day of school, gets in through the back door. Now, look, then again, we got to point out, look, the FBI raided somebody else's house. Um, but they're very, they're very close. I'm going to find this piece that, uh, that talks about how close they are. Um, all right. Anything else, man? Well, I mean, that's we're, pretty juicy. We're waiting to hear from City Hall if there's any follow up on this. Hey, oh, here's, here is, uh, Elwick from this morning. When he's on the plane, all excited that he's on the plane, and he's outlining his big day in Washington, D.C. You know when you go on a field trip? How special you feel when you go on a field trip? I know how. You get your permission slip, and you go to the museum and everything like that. Ooh, it's like not regular school, but still school. All right, he's going on a field trip to uh, Washington. Watch. This is on the plane. We uh, headed to D.C. to meet with... uh Speak up! What? What is he, in the quiet car on Amtrak or a plane? I couldn't hear one damn word he said. No. I just speak up. Speak up. Well, you know, planes are very noisy. Planes are noisy as well. Speak up. He's supposed to be good at social media. I'm ten times better at social media than he is. Maybe he was just trying to be polite. You know, he's Then a a lot of people... You know what? Then don't make a video. Make the video when you're sitting in the terminal. Make the video else. You know, just whatever. All right. So um, we'll keep you updated. If I hear anything from City Hall as far as an official comment, I'll let you know. Yeah, this has got me very, very um, kind of excited. Actually, kind of interesting. Yeah. Hey, have you seen? Thank you. You uh, got it. You know, all day. Can I ask you this though? Did you see all day yesterday? The media were showing pictures of Gaza before and after. Mm-hmm. Right, a, a neighborhood in Gaza. From an aerial perspective, before and after. Before, I saw a bunch of, you know, a bunch of buildings and structures in a, in what looked like a crummy part of town, you know, just the, you know, like, right? And then the next, the after, I saw, uh, a couple of buildings in the middle, like in a, in a smallish kind of hole. And I don't know what they were trying to say, like, before and after. All right. Yeah. Well, there's a war going on, right? And I saw most of the neighborhoods is still standing. There's like a building and a half in the middle and some rubble. I don't know if I'm supposed to be horrified by this or not. War is bad. Mm. You want to avoid war. I don't, I, I, I wasn't moved by this. And they kept on telling me before and after. Look at what the Israelis have done before. It was a thriving neighborhood. It really wasn't. It was pretty dumpy. Second, oh, 
a bomb went off. A missile was fired. I was not horrified. Were you? Uh, not necessarily, but I do wonder your take as somebody with a military background on the claims that the IDF is using white phosphorus in some of these bombs, missiles, whatever you want to call them, they're being sent into Gaza Strip. And that's considered to be highly unethical because I guess the, the, the temperature it burns at, the wounds that it causes – do you have any thoughts on that alleged use of white phosphorus? Yeah, we use white phosphorus all the time. You put them in flares, it works fine. Everyone's, no one knows what the hell they're talking about. I don't know. I mean, white, white phosphorus. Bombs are nasty things, all right? They are nasty, nasty things. And they are designed to do damage, right? White phosphorus, I, 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 I've heard the quibbling before. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal, right? We got nuclear bombs out there that can uh, ten thousand times stronger than the atomic bomb, and we're worried about white phosphorus. Your point is the bombs they do damage because that's what they're supposed to. Do. They're supposed to do it. They're supposed to do it. They're, you know, the before and after pictures that really bother me. Right, I, I I saw before I saw, you know, beautiful young girls having a great time at a concert. Right, that was before, and then I see body bags. Right, before and after. That's that's kind of that's in September 11th. We had beautiful buildings, the World Trade Center. I still miss them actually. Every time I come down to this, I it the the skyline doesn't look like right. Before and after a smoking, burning pit, and three thousand dead people. Right, that's before and after. These guys started this war, and war is to be avoided, except when it's absolutely necessary. And what the hell were we going to do? Because when we went to war in Afghanistan, I knew that women and children would be killed. I knew that women and children would be killed in Iraq. Um, because it always happens in war. And that's why war is hell. And you don't want it to happen. But when it does, that's an inevitable consequence. It will happen. It was doubly for me tragic that it happened in Iraq because that wasn't a justified war. Afghanistan was totally just. See, I, I, I got it all worked out of my brain. Maybe that's, I should, that's why I ask. Maybe I should go to the Geneva Convention and straighten them out. I think a that's bit, a good idea. Right? Yeah. Or the UN. You get to go on a plane. <laughs> James flipping everybody. Thank all right, you. I'll follow up on the Adam story. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, you know, there is this, uh, there is this chance. As much as I dislike the mayor, <laughs> I really, you know, it's not my guy. But, you know, he's not in with the Biden administration, right? At all. They, they hate him for a bunch of different reasons, right? Different from mine. Um, and this could possibly be a politically, uh, motivated, uh, uh, raid and, uh, prosecution. It's possible. Uh, yeah. They're doing it to Trump. That's all politically motivated. Uh, and there's nothing there. It's not right to have a political motivation. Uh, Eric is in extra trouble because I do believe there is something there when it comes to him and his cronies and all his money they spent on those nightclubs and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, they just raise money and they blew it and they're blowing it on all kinds of stuff. Uh, these got, woo, this is going to be, uh, quite interesting. Stand by. Okay. Um, the other thing we talked about, uh, I don't have anything else to say about Matthew Perry. Rest in peace. You know, gosh, terrible. Um, 
Oh, you know who they're giving a good uh, hard time to, but he's doing a great job as the new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson is, uh, I think, a born leader, and it's uh, terrific. He's the Speaker of the House, Republican from Louisiana. Now, they're giving him a hard time uh, because what did he do? He gave a speech, you know, about a million years ago where he said um, homosexuals, and I know we don't say homosexuals anymore, but he said homosexuals. Homosexuals, that's not an identity. That's a behavior. And people don't have to engage in a behavior. And everyone, it's a little, little snippet like that. And everyone says he's for that gay conversion therapy, which has gotten a really bad name, right? I mean, like, you're not supposed to undergo that therapy. And to me, it does sound a little bit ridiculous. I don't know if you can change that. But you can refrain from certain behaviors if you try hard enough, right? I mean, if you do. There are all kinds of things I'd love to do that you're not supposed to do, that I can't do. Uh, anyway, whatever. I don't think it's that bad that he said that at all, quite frankly. But in today's society, you know, what your identity, what do you identify as, right? What do you identify? Since when is the last time somebody identified as a Christian? No, you identify as your your gender or as your orientation, who you want to sleep with, who you want to uh, hook up with. That is your, That is the be-all and the end-all of our identity these days. That is... Uh, that's not exactly descriptive of the human experience. It's not. Right? I mean, there's um there's a lot of things to do other than uh have fun in the bedroom. And I love having fun in the bedroom. No, no I shouldn't say it. I believe, uh, that's a little bit too much information. But there's only so much you can do in there, right? And there's only so much time. There's only so much time. You're going to uh, you're going to identify yourself as that that is the most important thing. It's up there. It's important. It's a part of life, but it's not life. Does any of this make sense? I hope so. I'm just saying that um, Mike Johnson pointing this out, that it, it is a behavior. It's not an identity. I don't think he's wrong about that. My name is Greg. It's not I am straight white man. I mean, I just don't think about those things. Although I do think about one of the subtopics quite a bit. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello? Yes, here we are. All right, I got a really nasty complaint here about uh, something I said. Oh, boy. But then again, it's from some listener, all right? It's just from this guy, you know? It's just from some guy who, you know, made a big deal out of it, bothering me all over the place. Uh, what does this guy say? Well, the guy happens to be my father. <laughs> okay, all right. So he's, uh, this is a, I, I got to deal with this. All right. So he pointed out to me something. Uh, I'm not taking anything back, but I think I should provide a few more, uh, a little bit more context, perhaps. All right. Who knows who George Santos is, right? 
the 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 congressman from Long Island, Republican, he got in there and uh, look, he told a few uh, fibs, uh, not nearly as many as uh, Joe Biden, but uh, yeah, he lied about college and the volleyball club and a bunch of other stuff. Apparently, he's admitted to this, but he's still in some hot water. But I don't know uh, allegations. Pardon me, he hasn't been convicted of anything, so um, he deserves to be in Congress. And I didn't like it when this guy, Congressman Anthony D'Esposito, showed up on CNN to uh, – he's a Republican. He's from Long Island. Uh, he won in 22, upset, major victory. I didn't like it when he showed up on CNN saying that this guy was um, – uh, what did he say? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got to go. As, uh, George Santos is no good. He's a stain on the Congress. We need him to go. And I didn't like that because, you know what, um, I just – you know. I don't know. Joe Biden has told probably 50,000 more lies than than George Santos has. And uh, I gave him a hard time for that. But and here's where uh, my dad comes in and a few other people, too. Pointing out to me that and I still disagree with what he said, but that's OK. I disagree with people all the time. I mean, everybody disagrees, right? I still I, I, I love everybody. Um, so I disagreed with that. Uh, but I left it at that. I'd never heard of him. I thought he was from upstate New York. He's actually from Island Park, which is where my parents uh, met. They met. They summered in Island Park. And it turns out also, uh, the more I read about this guy, the more I like him. Don't be a rhino, though. Okay, Congressman D'Esposito? Let's see here. He's representing New York's 4th Congressional District. A hero cop. Um, my dad actually said that he heard about this guy and how good he was. While he was, you know, commissioner, he just heard, he knew about this guy. I don't know if they met or not, but he was he had a very good reputation. And um, he was in the uh, let's see here. He's at the 73rd Precinct Detective Squad. And um, all right. So he's good in my book, except for that one thing. All right. And I hope you're MAGA. Uh, but we can agree to disagree about the George Santos. And I know George Santos isn't perfect. Joe Biden certainly isn't perfect. But. Congressman um, Anthony D'Esposito, he flipped the seat. That's a major accomplishment. George Santos did, too, by the way. Uh, and we want to keep these guys in Congress, and we don't want them colluding with CNN. But anyway, congratulations to Anthony D'Esposito. Uh, he's there serving us. Uh, a lifetime of public service, when you think about it, you know, arresting guys and then uh, serving people, all of us. I love it. I love it. And... Um, uh, but lay off Congressman Santos, all right? I mean, everybody's giving him a hard time. Mitt Romney. Remember Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney called him like, uh, what did he say to him? He said, uh, you're a sick puppy. He called him a sick puppy right to his face. And then he called the reporters. I told him, a, I called him a sick puppy. Well, how about, you know, Mitt having a cup of coffee with the guy? You know, hey, it seems like you're a little bit all over the place. Let's have a cup of coffee and, and maybe I can give you some advice. No, he did what? Everybody else in the fake news is doing. Everybody else in the New York Times just picking on the guy, picking on him. I got to tell you, this uh, Santos is really holding his head high. Now, he may wind up in federal prison. Who knows? I haven't seen any proof of anything. I know he's uh, he did lie and he admitted it. I wish Joe Biden would admit it. Don't you? That guy's lied like crazy. All right, back to the Eric Adams situation. It's getting more serious, big time. Um, and we should go through this. What have we got here? What have we got here? What have we got here? He left Washington D.C. in a real in a real rush because he's in trouble, and it's a matter. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Hey, do me a favor. Listen to this. This is the CIA director under Biden. His name is John Brennan. Does this sound like anything the CIA director should be involved in? Cut twenty. 
Another example is the array of technologies, often referred to collectively as geoengineering, that potentially could help reverse the warming effects of global climate change. One that has gained my personal attention is stratospheric aerosol injection, or SAI, a method of seeding the stratosphere with particles that can help reflect the sun's heat in much the same way that volcanic eruptions do. Stop! SAI what in the hell is he talking about? He's the Central Intelligence Agency. He's supposed to be spying on Hamas. He's supposed to, they're supposed to be detecting bad guys and thwarting their plans. And he's worried about particles in the atmosphere and global warming. Yes, he is. Keep going. An SAI program could limit global temperature increases, reducing some risks associated with higher temperatures and providing the world economy additional time to transition from fossil fuels. This process is also relatively inexpensive. The National Research Council estimates that a fully deployed SAI program would cost about $10 billion yearly. As promising as it may be, moving forward on SAI would also raise a number of challenges for our government and for the international community. All right, stop. You know, I can't stand his uh, his little demeanor. You know what we used to call guys like this? I shouldn't say it because it's it's somewhat vulgar. But we would call him a happy D-word. A happy D-word, you know? Everybody says that. I just a little bit too cheerful about this thing that he should not be messing with at all. Now I understand this is a ex CIA director. He can say whatever the hell he wants. Actually, actually, I think he said this while yeah he said this while he was still the CIA director. What else was he doing when he was CIA director? Trying to rig it so Trump would not win, and then once he did win uh, in 2016, uh, actively try to sabotage the transition and his administration. He admits it in his own book. He admits it. He actually admits it. And you can do that in the swamp uh, because they control just about everything. The anti-Trump people control everything. We're on our own. We're just a bunch of, uh, what's that word they call? Deplorables. And we don't run anything. However, ultimately, we run the country. We really do. It's still about us. Okay. Let's just make sure we're all on the same page with this Eric Adams stuff. FBI raids home of Eric Adams's fundraising chief. The raid of the home of Brianna Suggs, a consultant with close ties to the mayor, came as Mr. Adams canceled a series of meetings in Washington, D.C. on Thursday. Times, agents from the Federal Bureau of Investigation on Thursday searched the Brooklyn home of Mayor Adams's chief fundraiser, Brianna Suggs, a campaign consultant who was deeply entwined with efforts to advance the mayor's agenda, according to two people with knowledge of the matter. The raid apparently prompted Mr. Adams to abruptly cancel several meetings scheduled for Thursday morning in Washington, D.C. to talk to White House officials and members of Congress about the influx of migrants in New York and other major cities. Instead, he hurriedly returned to New York to deal with a matter, a spokesman for the mayor said. Ms. Suggs, who could not be immediately reached for comment, is an essential cog in Mr. Adams's fundraising machine, which has already raised more than $2.5 million for his 2025 re-election campaign. A third person with knowledge of the raid said agents from one of the public corruption squads in the FBI's New York office questioned Ms. Suggs during the search of her home. An FBI spokesman confirmed that we are at the location carrying out law enforcement action, referring to Ms. Suggs's home in Crown Heights, uh, Nicholas Baez, a spokesman for the FBI, uh, for the federal prosecutor's office in Manhattan didn't say anything, no comment. Uh, another guy, uh, 
another spokesman for the mayor denied any knowledge of a raid. The spokesman said, I am not aware of that. Well, you and I are. He added that Ms. Suggs was not an employee of City Hall while well, distancing, but he came home to see her. He referred calls to the mayor's campaign team. Evan Teese, a campaign spokesman for Mr. Adams, did not immediately respond to multiple calls and texts seeking comment. They're in panic mode. In the past two years, Mr. Adams' re-election campaign has paid Ms. Suggs nearly $100,000 for fundraising and campaign consulting services via her company, Suggs Solutions, according to city records. His first mayoral campaign paid her more than $50,000. Ms. Suggs has also registered as a lobbyist. State records indicate that a real estate concern hired Ms. Suggs via an intermediary to lobby the mayor's office and the New York City Council on its behalf in 2022. Ms. Suggs worked as an aide to Mr. Adams when he was Brooklyn Borough President. And Ingrid Lewis Martin, currently the mayor's top advisor, was his deputy. Wait, who's deputy? Uh, okay. Uh, I guess that guy was the deputy when he was the Brooklyn Borough President. Ms. Suggs is also deeply embedded in an outside effort to advance the mayor's agenda. Uh, yeah, she's involved with this striving for a better New York that raised over a million dollars, but they're spending it all on uh, nightclubs and, and stuff like that. Wow. I think this is, uh, this is pretty big stuff. Very, very interesting. All right. What do you guys think? Uh, let's see here. Russ in White Plains. Oh, hello, Russ. Well, how are you, Greg? Greg, I, I would like to see a Curtis Greg Republican primary to re- revitalize New York. But, but I want to ask you. Would Jumani Williams replacing Eric Adams be any improvement, or would it be worse? He would be temporary mayor, I guess, if that actually happened, right? And then they'd have a special election. Now, believe it or not, as crazy as Jumani Williams is, and as much as I do, I don't want to call him crazy. I disagree with him about a lot when it comes to politics. But believe it or not, Jumani Williams is a reasonable man can be a reasonable man. I've seen it. I've heard it. Um, I was impressed with his run for governor. Um, Jamani Williams and I may disagree on a lot of things, um, but he has been known to have some pretty logical moments, even more than moments. So, uh, yeah, I see where you're going. You're trying. No, I, I actually, you know, I, I, I get along with Jamani Williams. I'm not, not that he's a friend. I think I met him twice in my life, if that. Um, but I've seen some of the stuff that he's done. It's not as crazy as you might think. And, um, I don't know. I, yeah. So the short answer is Jamani Williams would be better than Eric Adams. Thank you, uh, Russ. Uh, a lot better, actually. I just need this guy gone. I can't stand him. I mean, it is, you don't understand how heartbreaking it is to see this phony. This guy who had been undermining law enforcement and cops for his entire career, who joined the police department not to fight crime, but to cause trouble and get paid for causing trouble. You can look it up. He said it out loud. And now he's in real trouble. Joseph, you're in Fairfield. Hello. Uh, hello, Greg. Couple of things. Uh, a couple of reported. things. All right. One at a time. One, one, one. Advisor, the most advisor to Adams is a woman named Winnie Greco. Now, she's not Italian. She's Chinese. And she's very closely related, connected to the CCP. She communicates with them regularly, was reported. 
Uh, she married an Italian window uh, replacement guy in the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. I lived in the Bronx 40 years. Uh, Greco, and he, she kept the name. But uh, she's uh, constantly in touch. So yeah, uh, wait. Kissinger, all right, has, all right. Slow down, Winnie. Okay, so what's the point? Do you think she's a spy? No, I don't think she's. But she's advising. I think she's a she's an advisor to uh, Adams. So he takes his cues. He takes his direction somewhat. From, He's got a lot of weirdos head. around him. He's got a lot of people who shouldn't be in city government. He had one good guy, one lawyer worked for him. I don't know anything about Winnie Greco. I see the post has written about her before. Um, uh, closest advisors has been named by Chinese Communist Party backed organizations as their longtime consultant. Yeah, you're not wrong about this, uh, Joe. Winnie Greco, 61 years old, is a special advisor to the mayor and is director of Asian affairs, earning a hundred thousand dollar salary from the last year. Adams quietly appointed Greco on January. Hey, you know, his buildings commissioner, uh, actually got arrested. Eric Ulrich, Ulrich, right? Remember that guy? Yeah, he's in big, 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 big trouble. That guy's already been arrested. All right, it looks like this administration is crumbling before our eyes. It's happening. Um, Sandra, hello. Oh, good afternoon, Drake. Um, you know, Amazon is selling T-shirts and clothes that are anti-Semitic. You know, it says, like, river to the sea. And, you, and some people don't even know what that means, but it means death to Israel. So... I uh, want you to know that there's a way to respond to this. People could call them and say, remove this stuff. They could write to Amazon on their email. And I have the thing if you want it, customer service, cs-reply at amazon.com. You feel and like I you would... feel like when you respond, you know what I mean? You're emailing, emailing uh, Amazon is like emailing, you know, France. It's like emailing the Pentagon, you know, you feel like you're not going to get through to anybody, right? But, I mean, how do you, I mean, I, does anybody even work there? It's just a bunch of robots and um, monster computers, I think. I know. I did try, though. I wrote something. You want to hear what I wrote? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you wrote it. Good for you. I I, 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 I don't like that they are selling anti-Semitic stuff. I don't like it. Um, that's nice. That's nice. Armor, you know, that's like another weapon for them to use and cause fighting in the streets. When you wear that T-shirt, someone's going to respond to it, and it's going to cause more trouble. Well, Amazon, you know, I want, yeah, they should not be selling that kind of stuff, it sounds like to me. It's terrible. But, you know, big tech, they all lean left. They're all, uh, and all those lefties are so pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel. Very, very weird. I mean, this is genocide that they're advocating, or at least closing their eyes and ignoring it's happening all around us and it's it's kind of frightening actually and to uh, that guy who called me yesterday from brooklyn flatbush and his son i think his name was robert afraid to go to school and i was a little bit taken aback by that and like a little bit i did a little bit more research yeah this is a thing you know students are being picked on in america for being jewish i mean it's one thing to be picked on if you're uh, wearing a stupid T-shirt or, uh, you know, I, I, I yeah, or picked on for, you know, the stuff that kids pick each other about. But your faith, it is a it's a sin. Thank you, Sandra. And we'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, uh, another reason why Ron DeSantis is not going to be president. He could not uh, handle himself very well on this uh, podcast with 
Patrick Bet David. That's his name. I've uh, become aware of this guy. He's actually really uh, good. He's got a very unique style. It's very blunt, very New York, very kind of in your face, very kind of also like um, nothing like what regular talk shows do or should do. It it it, it all works. It's very compelling. And um, so, what's his name? DeSantis shows up, and I don't know. You got to be. You got to have a message. You got to have. I, I'm sure he did, but. He just sits there and takes it from this guy. So, you know, the controversy about whether or not uh, he wears some sort of funny system in his boots to make him look taller. The word is he's pretty short and he wears, um, you know, boots to make him appear taller. But some people are speculating that inside the boot, there's like this device that makes it even gives him a couple of more inches. So this guy, uh, Patrick Bet David. I'm looking at his little uh, bio here on Twitter. Let's see here. Yankees minority owner, author of your five next moves. I'm sorry, your next five moves. Born in Iran, made in America. Half, uh, I don't recognize that flag. Is it? Is it uh, Azerbaijan? Is it? Uh, is it Armenia? Half a Syrian. PBD podcast in valuetainment. Patrick Bet David. I like him. Uh, DeSantis. Uh, sorry, not so much. Listen to this. I'm sure your marketing team points out how they're trying to troll you in the marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring this one clip? I know you were on, uh, 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 what do you call it, on, uh, uh, what was it, Bill Maher, and Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. This thing's got 1.2 million likes. And and some people are wondering how, what are they? I don't even know. I haven't so what, seen that. What there's, they've not shown this to you. Okay. No. What they're trying to say with this is that in your boots, you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what they're no, those, those are just standard off the rack. Um, Lucchese, um, how, how tall are you? Book, how tall are you, governor? How tall? 5'11. Okay. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah. 100%. You do. Yep. Okay. I got a gift for you. I'd love for you to wear. All right, then okay. he gives him a I pair of Ferragamo. But keep going. Okay. I don't accept gifts. I can't accept I'm, it. I totally get I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but who sounded like the president? Who sounded like a punk? The host, quite frankly, sounded badass and presidential. He just sounded like a wimp. DeSantis. Uh, I wear tennis shoes when I work out, yeah. I mean, at that point, you know what's going on. At that point, you got to walk out, turn the tables, do something, make a joke, insult the guy, do something to level the playing field, to reseize the 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 high ground, the the high ground uh, something. You don't just sit there and take it. The last guy to sit there and take it like that, and I don't fault this Patrick Bet David guy for giving it to him. What the hell? Why not? You don't have to kiss everybody's ass. Keep it real. So, um. The last guy to take it, like uh, DeSantis, who was that? Romney. Remember on uh, the uh, the debate with Candy Crowley and, uh, uh, anyway, Barack Obama. Uh, it, 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 Candy Crowley basically kicked his ass, and he took it and, and went back to his little seat, his little stool. This was out at Hofstra. Sorry, man, oh, man, oh, man. What you just heard right there is is a test, and he failed it. He can't be president. That right there. Sorry, Ron. Not now, not ever.
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, my goodness gracious. I didn't realize they had this heckler thing. So a lady gets up, interrupts President uh, Biden. President Biden gets interrupted by a bearded female rabbi who called on him to support a ceasefire in Gaza. The person in the video, maybe you've seen it, is Rabbi Jessica Rosenberg, uh, who describes herself as a queer Jewish woman obsessed with Jewish history. The incident clearly caught Biden off guard because he falsely claimed that he was the guy that convinced Bibi to call for a ceasefire to let the prisoners out. The White House was forced to correct Biden later, saying that he was talking about hostages, not prisoners. What a bizarre world we live in. This is from Colin Rugg. Great guy, by the way. Um, you don't, you know that phrase, leader of the free world, leader of the free world. We had the president of the United States is the leader of the free world. That obviously is not the case anymore. The entire world can see that this man cannot lead. He cannot function. How many times do we have to see it? We've seen it. I mean, everywhere, every day we see it and the world, you know, they're not as tuned in as we are. But when he goes overseas, when he goes to the G7, when he goes to the NATO conference, when he goes to uh, everywhere, Japan, they can see it. And that means we are not as strong. If you have to spend half your time like uh, Tony Blinken, you know, creating this illusion that somehow President Biden is a normal person. You can't be a full-time Secretary of State. You can't be a full-time National Security Advisor. You can't be a full-time Chief of Staff. You're just managing the optics. And they're failing, by the way. They're totally failing. Everybody knows it. The world knows it. Who do you think? How is it going to work? How is the? How is it going to work? How are they going to get him out? He will have to go. Now, what I have been told by a very uh, key person is that they can't even broach the topic of him uh, not being the nominee, like stepping down. Hey, Joe, come on, let's face it. You know, had a great run in politics. You're 80 something years old right now. Maybe it's time uh, give it to somebody else. He won't. Nobody can even say it because they know he'll yell and scream his head off. So nobody can even broach the subject. That's a problem when you can't tell the boss the reality of the situation when the boss won't hear it. Well, that boss is in trouble. And unfortunately, it's the president of the United States. So we're all in a little bit of trouble. It's not one of those situations, uh, you know, sometimes the opposition is kind of, and I consider myself the opposition MAGA, you know, you, you, let's face it, there's a human tendency, you know, you don't want Joe Biden to do well because you, you want him to lose in the election. At the same time, I want him to be competent enough to have a modicum of peace and prosperity. I, I don't want, I, America's vulnerable right now. Um, we have uh, Jewish uh, people are vulnerable right now. This is a really dangerous time and he can do nothing. He will do nothing. Even if he could do nothing, he might not do anything because he's, he's a political animal and he's intimidated by the, the by the far left, the AOC, the Rashida Tlaib. You saw this one woman gets up. She looked like a bit of a radical. I mean, it's a woman, a woman with a beard yelling and screaming and Joe caves right away. Joe actually gave, said, agreed with what she was calling for, a ceasefire. You don't have a ceasefire. Did anybody tell us to cease fire in Afghanistan? Were we going to listen to that? Yeah, but, you know, American bombs are killing women and children. Well, I'm sorry about that. We we work to minimize that. Uh, but you guys started this war, and we're going to finish it. 
You asked for war and you got it. And there's no turning back now. That was us versus uh, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. And it's the same for Israel versus Hamas. Hamas, you horrible, horrible people. Look at what you've done to the innocent. And they're not all innocent, by the way. All right. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of people rooting for this. And you know what? You shouldn't be punished for a political view if you live in Gaza, if you support it, whatever, you know. But I don't want any innocent people. I don't want any women and children to be killed. But uh, Hamas must be eradicated off the face of the earth. And uh, it's going to get really ugly, potentially, really ugly. War is hell. You hear this guy is a Columbia University professor. I like him. He's talking about how dangerous it is for, for, for Jewish children, especially at these elite schools like Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and Columbia, right here in New York. Cut 19, please. Cut 19. I'm going to stand here because I want everyone to see where I'm standing. I want everyone to see where we are. Can you hear him? Okay. It's about to give a speech. Please take out your phones because I want this message to get to every parent who sent their kids to Columbia University and trusted their kids and their children's safety with us. I want this message to get to every parent in America who sent their kids to NYU, to Harvard, to Stanford, to Berkeley. And I want you to know one thing. We cannot protect your child. And I'm not saying this as a professor. I should introduce myself. My name is Shai Davidai. I am a professor at Columbia Business School. I am Israeli, but before all of that, I am a dad. I have two beautiful children, and I'm talking to you, I'm speaking to you as a dad, and I want you to know, we cannot protect your children from pro-terror student organizations, because the president of Columbia University will not speak out against pro-terror student organizations. Because the president of Harvard University, because the president of Stanford, because the president of Berkeley, they will not speak out against pro-terror student organizations. Last Saturday, 14 U.S. citizens were kidnapped into Gaza. All right, I can't make out much more of what he's saying, but it's, it's, he's, I, I admire his passion and he's right. And these university presidents, they are either on the other side, they're siding with Hamas, or they're afraid of those who side with Hamas, so they're not going to take them on. Who is the president of Columbia University? Uh, ooh, it's Manoush Shafiq. Manoush Shafiq is a British-American economist. She served as uh, president and vice chancellor up there at the, at the London School of Economics, and now she's over here. Ooh, she was born in uh, Alexandria, Egypt, to parents, uh, both educators, right? Then she's allowing anti-Semitism to thrive on that campus. And people are at serious risk. You know, man, we're so close to World War III right now. Everything was crazy. Uh, everything, everything is crazy now. You know what was crazy when President Trump was president? President Trump. <laughs> That's it. The craziness was confined to him and crazy in a good way. You know, remember, the whole country was kind of obsessed. Well, what's he going to do next? You know, what's he going to say next? Wow. You know, but things were running very well. And as wild as he can be and shooting his mouth off and, you know, maybe did it too much, but whatever. He knew how to command attention. And that's really, really important when you're president.
And it's actually really important to, he was never cut off from us. Most presidents, they're cut off from the people. It's the bubble of the presidency. They all complain about it. The one guy it didn't affect was, uh, was Trump. You know, so in touch with the country, he was leading, leading. They did everything they could to stop him. It's pretty amazing what we're witnessing, this kind of uh, resilience. Hey, speaking of, you see Donald Trump Jr. in court, Eric Trump in court. These upstanding Americans, these fine men who spent decades in business, international businessmen, building things. And you can see him. You can go. You can look at the golf course. You can look at the skyscraper. You can look at the complex in Chicago. They actually did this stuff. What did Hunter do? What does Hunter have to show for his lifetime of indulgence and debauchery? What 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 is there to show? Not even money, apparently. He spent all the money. That's all in the laptop. It's all in the laptop. And I do believe that they will be held accountable. That that's that you can't you can't do this. You can't you can't get this by the American people, right, George? Hi, Greg. Hello. Hi, Greg. Yeah, hi, Greg. Stop saying hi, Greg. What's up? Um, I kind of I agree with you. I love your father. I was the court clerk. I'm from Garden City. You're right about Santos. In a way, he's doing everybody a favor. He's showing. You know, the, uh, the, uh, what really goes on in Congress. He's not the only one. And they should be happy because while the spotlight is on him, they can keep doing the stuff that they do. And, um, I don't find him so disagreeable. And while he's there, they're watching him. So you know there's at least one honest guy there right now. So I hope he stays in as long as he can or, until the people vote him out. I may sound a little ridiculous to you. But um, why, why would you say that? Thing. Why would you say that? I agree with you, basically. I I don't think you're ridiculous at all. You said, you said your dad. I love your dad. Um, I have to tell you, I won't tell you because I don't want to get in trouble. I really laughed when those Republicans lined up in news conferences to get Santos out. I'm not going to tell you who, but there were a couple there I recognized that went to the grand jury. They were one step ahead of the sh- uh, sheriff that they didn't get indicted. So they are hypocrites. George Santos is a slickster, but he's caught and he'll do the right thing while he's there. And the other guy, the other congressmen, some of them should like it because the heat, nobody will be looking at them. They'll all be looking at Santos. Well, it's funny. Yeah. Did you see? I I showed video of uh, this uh, uh, Santos walking down the hall. He was surrounded by about 75 people with cameras yelling and screaming questions. Big microphones, you know, those hype microphone sticks they hold up over that guy's head. And it's just it's un- unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It was like he was, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, he was, you could say, well, he's a congressman and, uh, there's controversy. Yeah, but he's a first term congressman. He's not that important, really, in the big scheme of things. And they're treating him like this is the biggest story in the world. Yet, what's his name? Jamal Bowman. Jamal False Alarm Bowman, uh, pulls the fire alarm, rips down those signs, and, well, you know what happened to him. Nothing! How about that one, huh? All right. Any update on the Eric Adams situation? Is he in jail yet? No? All right. Let me know when that happens. It should be any moment. I'll be right back. Ah! 
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, what the hell is this? What am I reading here? Huh? I am, uh, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit shocked right now. What is going on? All right. Hunter Biden just wrote an op-ed for the Washington, I'm sorry, for the USA Today. Hunter Biden. And what is it all about? It's about, oh, I'm an addict. Leave me alone. Uh, I'm a recovering uh, drug addict. And uh, my problem has been weaponized by right-wing media. And uh, it's hurting people like me. I'll, I'll have plenty to say about that in a moment. Number one, it's not his addiction, and I hope he gets better. I hope he is better. I, You know, it's not that. It's the corrupt activities that he was engaged in, the financial stuff. I, 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 this has got it. Is this a typo or what? All right. Goes on and on. I'm reading Hunter Biden, opinion contributor over four years ago, blah, 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 blah. All right. I'm sorry, but he says this and I don't think there's anything. I got to jump down to the part that I'm, I'm, that's freaking me out here. This has got to be a problem. Wait a second. He says this, I'm so sorry. My mom's suicide wasn't a personal failure. When she needed community, the system let her down. It is not hard to see why. My recent haircut turned into a wild conspiracy to evade drug tests. Tabloids speedily splashed nude pictures of me on their covers. It's right in the middle of the story. Wait a second. All right, it's got to be, this has got to be, his mother did not commit suicide. She was killed in that car accident. But the way this is written, the way this appears suggests that he wrote, I don't know what the hell's going on. There's no, is this a typo? No, it's got to be a typo. It's got to be some problem here. He's not saying here that his mother committed suicide. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thought that. All right, this is. I'm, I'm going to chalk this up to some sort of weird typo. It's got to be. His mother died tragically in that car accident, 1972. Hunter was in the car. So was. Uh, all right. I think it's a link. I think it's a problem with the. It's got to be a problem. This did not happen. There's no way. This is. I don't, I don't think he wrote it. The other stuff he wrote. <laughs> the other stuff he's all. Uh, you know, woe is me, and how dare you mention it? It's not the addiction. It's not the drug problem. It's the corruption. It's you flying over to China, doing business there. Uh, And the business you had was, I can influence things in America because my father is the vice president, and I can influence things to the benefit of China, which includes the Chinese Communist Party, and getting paid $5 million for that, and extorting them for that, as we know through the WhatsApp text messages that we have from the House Ways and Means Committee. Look at the self-congratulations here. I'm sorry. Look, I had a problem with alcohol. I stopped it, right? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't make it my uh, be-all and end-all. It's just one component of me. But listen to this. Over four years ago, I chose life over the slow, strangled death grip of addiction. 
which in my case consisted each day of a bottle of vodka and as many hits on a crack pipe as possible. I am prouder of that choice and of my recovery than anything I've ever done. Prouder of that choice. I mean, wouldn't anybody kind of choose? See how he pats himself on the back? You know, this addiction thing can become a whole, I hate addiction, and if you're struggling, please get all the help you need. I say reach out to God before all else, and, and uh, but he, he, he speaks like a 14-year-old. I'm sorry. Let's see. And it's all about, okay, you guys, my struggles and mistakes have been fodder for violence. No, it doesn't matter. We don't care about any of this stuff. I mean, I, I don't want you to be an addict, but it's real. I've never met you. I can't, I can't internalize his problems. The problems that he's caused, though, for the country, potentially, when we have a president who is susceptible to blackmail because of the arrangements that his family made through his son with the Ukrainian government, with the Chinese government. Anybody wondering why, after all this time, we are still so in love with Ukraine? I mean, yeah, all right, but uh, this kind of billions and billions and billions, no, no one's even talking about peace. Don't mention peace. How dare you talk about the peace table? I I don't know. Uh, this is and for Joe Biden, actually, and this is another thing that's weird. It's what Ukraine wants, but it's not what we want. You don't call Vladimir Putin a war criminal, even if he is one. Because you sit him down, you may have to do business with that guy. You may have to negotiate peace with him. You make peace with your enemies. If you label him a war criminal, as Joe Biden has done, as Ukraine believes he should. Well, Putin's going to fight forever he doesn't want to be arrested and thrown into the hague whatever that thing is the hague greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network uh hey welcome back and um please that we're joined by noam layton our news director here Noam, uh, known to uh, millions of New Yorkers many, many years, uh, great journalist, broadcaster uh, throughout the city, and uh, he has family in Israel right now, and he's been obviously following the events there closely, more closely. I've been following him closely, but my goodness, you got family there. Noam, I know you've been uh, very pensive about these matters. Uh, how are you? I'm doing okay. You know, obviously concerned about family back in Israel, but so far everybody there seems to be doing okay. What is the sense? What is the mood there like? What are they telling you? What uh, What does it feel like there right now? You know, so my father is, you know, out on the street sending me, you know, over WhatsApp, all kinds of photos. You know, in a lot of ways, it's really very, very similar to what happened here after the 9-11 attacks. You know, in New York City, we felt sort of as one for that really nice as awful as the event was, there was, there was that nice sort of period of time where we were felt all together in this struggle against the terrorists who had, you know, done us harm. And it, and it feels very much like it's the same way there. So he's snapping pictures of, you know, of murals of all the hostages. He's sending me, um, there's a lot of uh, pictures of thanking Joe Biden for coming, tons of stuff like that. Just big posters of Joe Biden. Thank you for coming, uh, you know, written in Hebrew. Um, and uh, a feeling of get this done. Nobody's excited about it. It's really frightening. We don't want to lose any more 
uh, Israelis. We've lost so many in, since October 7th. But, you know, I would say the feeling on uh, 95% of the people is let's go in there and get the job done and finish off these terrorists who did such an awful thing to us. Well, I'm a little bit surprised by the uh, thank Joe Biden part because he sends so many weird mixed messages and seems to be so cozy with that squad and, uh, you know, kind of giving a wink and a nod to the to the far left and the, the anti-Israel side. I don't know. But, uh, hey, listen, how do you feel and what, what does your dad know about this, that in America, um, you know, there is a lot of support. Uh, for Israel, there should be. I'm surprised there's so much anti-Israel feeling. But when people rip down those posters, those pictures of the hostages who are being held, women, children, regular people in custody, in Hamas, in those tunnels, as a measure of support, as a way of support, people are putting up signs and they're being torn down in protest. Is he aware of what's going on here? Oh, yeah. You know, he asked me, about what's going on on the college campuses. And, of course, you know, he's watching CNN and Fox and all those networks to see how it's all playing out, uh, you know, in the United States, because it's really important how it plays out in the United States in terms of how Israel is supported around the world as it does battle with Hamas. And, you know, he asked me, he said, look, how does it feel to be there? And, I, and, and Greg, what I can tell you is in all the time that I have lived there, which is my, my whole life, um, is that, I've never felt this level of anti-Semitism and I've never felt scared. I'm not scared like I feel like someone's going to harm me, but I feel like the tide has turned in a way that I don't remember any other time in my life. And, you know, we've been through so many of these uh, terror attacks. Um, and what I mean when it comes to Israel, when it, there's terror attacks against Israel and the uprisings by, um, you know, Palestinians in the West Bank. And I feel like we've been able to sort of muddle through that and not feel this sort of outward anti-Semitism. Um, but this time, boy, it feels different. And Greg, I can tell you just even on a personal level, it's, I have these people who we've invited over to our house who have, who've eaten at our dining room table, who've sat in the backyard of our home in Jersey city, drinking beers. And here they are on October 8th, right? So this is the day after the attacks, um, writing how Israel had it coming. And I was like, wait a minute, these people were, they were in my house, you know, and I've never had anything like that happen before. And, and, I can multiply it. That's, it's not the only people that I know that are writing stuff like that on social media. And it's shocking, and it's, and it's really sad at the same time. Yeah, that must be. Um, and it could also feel like a betrayal, I would imagine. Let me ask you this, because I find that reprehensible, and I so disagree with that viewpoint. Every now and then, I, I, I back up for a moment, and I, th- I think, and I've actually asked Alan Dershowitz, let me ask you, some of these people who are writing those awful things, They've also been reading, you know, fake news, left-leaning, anti-Israel, New York Times stuff, junk, poison, for many, many, many years. I mean, now we're all seeing it. Now we can see it out in the open, but in subtle ways, sometimes not so subtle ways, so much of our society has been, you know, anti-Semitic, and the coverage, very pro-Hamas, pro-bad guy, that they were just kind of, well, consuming what was out there, and this is where they are. Does that make sense? And does that mitigate the offense in any way? Um, I don't know if it mitigates the offense in any way, but it makes me wonder about what they were thinking all along. Was I just wrong about who they are, their character? 
the morality, um, how they thought about Jews. I, in, in my lifetime, I've never felt this. I never have, I can be honest. And maybe some of that's because I grew up on the East Coast and there's so many of my brethren living here and people are just sort of know what it is to be Jewish if you live in New York or the tri-state area. But now I'm feeling it here. And, uh, and, and it, it, boy, it feels awful. Well, let me, let me put it this way. Like, let's take a person who's, you know, apolitical, just floating around, not particularly interested in news, has it on every now and then, just floating around. And if you're just kind of floating around and not paying much attention, you will hear very anti-Israel messages, especially right now. And Israel sounds like, oh, my gosh, what are they doing? They're war criminals. I mean, look at this. Every time you turn on the news, they are portraying Israel as the 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 entity that started all this and they're barbaric and this and that. I wonder for a moment and and you're, what you said is very much like Alan Dershowitz, if if those people living in those circumstances, you know, the guy floating around, not really paying attention to the news, if that somehow explains what's going on right now, because a lot of, you know, these college kids are doing it because it's fun. They're just going with the flow. So anyway, forget that. Does that make sense? And do you think that may have happened in some cases? Maybe. I mean, I kind of agree with you with the college kids. You know, I know that people are really upset about that, but that doesn't bother me as much as people who are older who are taking these, um, you know, taking a sign. And college kids do what college kids do, you know. So, but the, the, uh, you know, when I'm hearing it from people who are my age, um, who seem to be, you know, we had that four day, and I hope I'm making sense. I feel like we had, we always have when these attacks take place in Israel, there's always like a three or four day window of sympathy for the attacks that took place. And then the world turns against Israel. And this one was even shorter. It was like a three day window. And then all of a sudden the world had turned against Israel. And I was like, wait a minute, there's 1400 innocent civilians dead. You know, babies had their heads chopped off. Um, I know somebody whose grandfather um, had his fingers chopped off before they killed him. And then, you know, they chopped his, all of his fingers off and then they killed him. Um, and, and it was so violent and so grotesque. And nobody, you know, three days later, everybody had sort of forgotten about that. And they were, you know, taking the other side. You know, um, back to the Democrats. And I don't want to, you know, you, you're a neutral news guy. And I'll just give you this observation, though. I, there are those on um, the conservative side, MAGA world, thinking that Biden is sending mixed messages because he needs to win over uh, people in Michigan, and there are a lot of people in the Arab American community and the Muslim community, and perhaps he's doing this to win Michigan, which he would definitely need. And uh, not everybody, you know, not everybody thinks about this the way you and I do, and he, he's aware of that, and he's playing, he's playing to that crowd. I wonder, I wonder. Hey, no, no, is there anything we can do? Anything we New Yorkers can or should do to help the good guys in this? To help. Israel to help our Jewish friends. I think you just need to speak out. And when you hear someone saying something that, you know, there's one thing about being, there's a clear definition between being anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. And I, that line can sometimes be very fine, like it is now. And so when you see, you know, like pulling down those posters of the hostages, that seems sort of anti-Semitic to me as opposed to anti-Israel. Um, like, you know, our hostages don't mean anything. So I'm going to pull this poster off this pole and throw it on the ground. Meanwhile, you know, the lost dog poster stays up there and the poster from the guitar man is still up there. So, um, that feels anti-Semitic. And so I think 
yeah, the thing is to sort of say, hey, I'm with you. I, I, I had this great moment maybe a week ago where a friend of mine who's not Jewish called me and said, hey, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I was like, wow, that was really cool. You know, that he did that. He said, hey, you know, I know your father's over there, your younger brother's over there. Um, I just want to make sure everything's okay because I see, you know, the world is sort of upside down. And so that was nice, too, to sort of check in with people and just see, hey, how are you feeling about all this? Well, Noam, I'm glad we checked in here, and uh, you're the best. Please give my personal regards to your father, and uh, we'll see you at the office, okay? Great. It was great talking to you, Greg. Thanks. Noam Layton, everybody. Great newsman here at uh, WABC. And uh, how about that, huh? We, uh, whew, what, a, what? That must be really. You have people over your house, friends, and they, they, they put that vile stuff on the internet. Yikes! 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 Well, um, you never know. That's a big, friends can sometimes let you down. You know, friends they come and go. Families forever. God's forever. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I saw an interesting figure. 80% of the district attorneys in uh, Texas were funded by George Soros, received campaign contributions from George Soros. You know, George Soros, his stated goal is to destroy America. And what better way to do that? I guess it's pretty clever, actually. Uh, fund a bunch of crazy people to become district attorneys, and they will not enforce the law. They will not even seek to send people to prison. I'm looking at a judicial nominee right now uh, in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. There's Professor Sarah, Fra- Sarah French Russell is her name, and uh, she wrote a big paper, and she's up for a judicial nomination. A judge! A judge! And... <laughs> They found an essay that she wrote where she says prisons don't work. And the question that Senator Kennedy from Louisiana says, so um, if you don't believe in prisons, uh, if you're a judge, how are you ever going to send somebody to prison? Senator, oh, wow, that's beautiful. We got some great people out there. You know, we bitch and moan about politicians all the time. I do, especially. But we got some great ones. We got people like John Kennedy. John Kennedy, Republican of Louisiana, he's great. I'm also liking Mike, uh, Mike Johnson, the new speaker. I also like uh, my friend there in Ohio, the one who doesn't wear the jacket, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. Who else? Uh, there are a few, not too many, unfortunately, not too many. You know who's leaving? Who's retiring? I think he announced his retirement. Ken Buck. Now, who the hell is Ken Buck? Ken Buck is a Republican. Rhino. Smart guy in some respects. Decent guy. Nice guy. But he's totally wrong about so many things. He's not MAGA. And you know what he's sold on? The preferred left-wing version of the January 6th narrative, which is a great big fat lie. And it's a total and complete uh, Distortion will really happen. Oh, here's Liz Cheney. What did Liz Cheney? Liz, Liz Cheney says that Mike Johnson, the new speaker of the House, is a dangerous man. And I can say that because I used to share an office with him, an adjoining office in the House of Representatives. How did she really figure that out from two suites over, huh? Wow, she, the only reason that she's accepted right now is because she went all in after Trump to get Trump. 
Remember what they brought us, the Iraq War. Nobody seems to remember the 500,000 people killed in that war. America invaded the wrong country. And it's just like, oh, well, oops, as George W. Bush might say, or, yeah, or who's that guy? Uh, Governor Perry. Eh, He's not a bad guy, but oops, 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 oops. All right, Patrick, you're in Wabash, Indiana. Welcome back. Yes, the remedy for everything that's going on in this country is for uh, Mike Johnson to do his job as as, uh, Speaker of the House and bring uh, impeachment charges against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And when they are impeached, he would be president. No, he wouldn't, actually. But He would. No, he wouldn't. Look at your Constitution. All right, rel- number one, hold on, pal. Patrick, once they impeach him, you are impeached once the House of Representatives votes to impeach. You think that means that uh, Joe Biden steps down at that point? Do you think that Joe Biden steps down at that point once he's impeached? No. What, hap- what happens next? Okay, the Speaker of the House. No, you're wrong again. You're wrong. You're wrong, Pat. Patrick, I like you. I'm on your side. But it doesn't work that way. Now, number one, uh, Mike Johnson is pursuing impeachment. I don't know if you saw Hannity last night, but he's all about the impeachment. Uh, but once the House impeaches him, which I believe they will, although impeachment has been diluted because it used to be a really powerful tool, and it's been diluted because of those phony impeachments of Trump. But after the impeachment in the House of Representatives, the whole matter goes over to the United States Senate. And then there's a trial. And then there's a verdict. And you need two-thirds of the Senate to vote guilty for the president to be removed. And that's not going to happen. Democrats control the Senate. It's never going to happen. So even if he's impeached... That's it's like an indictment. It's like an indictment. The House indicts, the Senate either acquits or convicts. Okay? And yeah, I know Mike Johnson would be is the uh, second in line to the presidency. Some people say third, but technically third it's second. Line. Nope, 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 it's second. That's why you got to impeach both Biden and Kamala Harris. All right, Patrick, listen, I I you say it will solve everything. I I think it has to be pursued. Uh, but it's not going to happen. Patrick, uh, thank you for calling. And uh, look up what I said. I'm not wrong. Miriam in Queens, hello. Hi, Greg. I'm just curious. How do you feel about countries like England and Israel if they want in war? By the way, I was born in Haifa, Israel, where they can uh, have a recall of their leader if they lose confidence in him. Because if we could do that with um, Biden, we wouldn't be sinking so fast. Mm, yeah, well, you know, you have to retool the whole Constitution to do it that way. So, you know, we've got our system and, you know, you could change the Constitution, but you got to do uh, 15 different things and none of that stuff is going to happen anytime soon. So this is the system we got. Uh, it's the worst in the world except for all the others. <laughs> so I think it, uh, you know, this is what we got. I don't know. I feel like I don't really uh, dig the uh, British parliamentary system all that much. I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I don't like, the, I like our, I like our system better. Miriam, thank you. I didn't know you were from Israel. That's a, that's a, I was going to Haifa. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And good luck. We're supporting uh, you and Israel and uh, the Jews, and uh, we hate Hamas, and they must be eliminated. Thank you, Miriam. Teddy is in North Babylon. Hello, Teddy. 
Eddie, um, and I think Alec, I love the way you say it, Greg, <laughs> Adams was a big fan of Back to the Future. When Goldie Eric Adams said, Maya, I like that sound. Yeah. Maya. I don't know what you, I, I, you know, I never saw Back to the Future. I never saw that movie. It didn't look good to me. I didn't, I never saw it. I've never, ever saw it. I know who's in it. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, but I never saw it. What else? Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, that's it, except for uh, keep on doing what you're doing. You're coming down on him the right way. Thank you, Teddy. Um, I, I think that we need royalty in there. We need political royalty like uh, Giuliani's son, or I do believe your father's son. <laughs> well, you never know. And thank you, Teddy, very, very much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Royalty? Me? Royalty? Wow. Uh, Gail is in Malvern. Hi, Gail. Hi. I definitely agree it's not with you that it's not Governor DeSantis' time, but um, I have to say in Florida, he's not a wimp. He was very strong against the international globalist company, Disney International, and all their obnoxious Ah. wokeness, and not a wimp thing to fight uh, such a major employer in a state. I'd like to see Governor Abbott speak up for the people more than he has in terms of, you know, closing the border. I, I, I suspect. Well, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Governor Abbott has been great on the border. Governor Abbott. I mean, he doesn't get the attention because he's not running for president. But did you ever see him confront Joe Biden on the tarmac with that letter? Remember that? He's been running all over the place. He's been doing very creative things with trains, with his uh, state uh, National Guard, with the state troopers. Now, Governor Abbott's been a hero in all this. I like Governor Abbott. I think he's doing all he can with his resources. He needs more. So, uh, and he's been, he's been very, very, very outspoken and very, very active. You, you got to do more than just talk. Yeah. Uh, against, uh, you know, I have to say DeSantis has been equally strong against the wokeness. I don't know. I mean, look, he's running for president. I don't think he should be because President Trump made this guy. And you know what? I mean, it's very fashionable right now in the Republican Party to not be into woke. You know, it's very fashionable. He's not sticking his neck out too much. You know, he's but, uh, you know, Gail, I'm not as impressed. I love Malvern, though. You love Malvern? Me. Yeah, I am. It's very nice. I'm I, in the little town. That little not, is the mayor. That's is the it, 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 it you still have the same mayor? All right. I got to run. I'll see you soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.